0: Welcome to the AOL Podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message. The Lord,
1: I appreciate Reverend Michelle for this opportunity and uh, appreciate, um, I was going to say Travis and Pastor Brandy, but they're not here. But notice my shirt is clean. This is an inside joke. Amen. But um, appreciate, how many appreciate Pastor Ty and Miss Ann We love them so much. Amen. Oh, yeah. What Pastor Ty doesn't know is Miss... Uh, Luann always sends me the notes to preach off of. So I hope I do it justice. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you this morning. We just clear our minds. Think through our minds and speak through our lips and use our ves- these vessels of the clay for your glory. Father, we're not looking for the information or the knowledge. We're looking for the revelation so we can do through the meditation, the saturation, the impartation so we can use it through the proclamation and the demonstrations and manifestations in our lives. This morning, I'm asking you to help us by your spirit, the spirit of truth who already lives inside of us, to coordinate and cause, to, like Brother Hagin said, cause our thinking, believing, and speaking to be synchronized this morning, so we can be in one mind and one accord and go forth and cause this word to be done on earth as it already is in heaven. We thank you we praise you father that the thief is bound uh, is it just hindered in the way that he cannot come and steal the seed father it's it's not the adaption of the soil to the seed as much as it is the seed remaining the seed in the hearts of the believers so we are the ones to change the condition of our hearts to receive the word this morning so father it's not what we think or what we believe. We're not the clay telling the potter what to do. We're asking you by your spirit to do something in us that we apparently cannot do for ourselves unless you show us and to give us the strength to go out and be doers of the word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. You've got your Bibles this morning. Let's turn to Proverbs 4. I appreciate this opportunity once again. I, uh, I, it hit me last night that i It felt like when I was growing up, I'm one of 11 siblings, and I grew up with a lot of uh, sisters, -sisters, half-sisters, sister-in-laws, nieces, so democracy never worked, and it dawned on me, I'm following three women of God that gave a great word, amen? God, Miss Luann wrote me some really good notes, amen? If you got your Bibles, let's turn to uh, Proverbs chapter 4. Let's see, it's 9, what is that, 920? I want to make sure I stay on time here. Verse 18 says, But the path of the just is a shining light that shineth more and more into that perfect day. But the way of the wicked is as darkness, and they know not what they uh, do, uh, uh, what they stumble. My son, attend to my words, incline thy ears unto my what? Sayings. But let them not depart from the eyes, but keep them in the midst of the center of your heart, for they are life unto those who find them, and health to all their flesh. It's not just physical all your flesh keep thy heart keep thy heart i can't keep your heart you need to keep your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues or the boundaries of life so one thing i've been doing the last four or five years is i've been really focusing on the heart i've been coming from different angles and i found out that you and i are the branch he's divine he's the source we're just a resource And there's two ends to a branch. One is connected to a life source, and the other produces what that other end is protected to. We call it a fruit. In the Gospel of John, it's actually described, a word fruit is actually the visible expressions of power that work inwardly and invisibly of the character of the power producing it. Did you get that? It's the visible expressions of power that work inwardly and invisibly of the character of the power producing it. In other words, a work is an action, but a fruit is a result of the action. So what is inside of you is actually what's going to portray out of you unless you're connected to something that is not of God. You shall know them by their results or the visible expressions of power, positive or negative. See, a lot of times what we do is we, we get enough of the Word of God that we basically set on the potter's wheel, and then we tell the potter how to shape us because it's according to our mentality of what we think should be done or how we were raised or our denomination amen now people said well what do you mean um well the bible says you can have a form of godliness but you can deny the power thereof but a lot of people say well i don't deny god's power i said i didn't say that it says you can have a form of godliness and deny the power thereof if i have a plug-in that will bring in let's say we're all freezing in here and it's it's connected to a heater that could warm us up in 20 minutes And I put that plug that would go into that power source over there, but I don't plug it in. Although the power is available, and I lay it down next to it, I am denying the power thereof to cause to produce what I need to get the job done or the desired results. So God is wanting us to get to the place where our hearts, because if we are abiding in him, and he says, if you abide in me and I abide in you, we are the same. That's why we're Christians. We're Christ-like. You know, it's one thing to learn to witness, but it's another thing when you become a witness. I can tell you who, who I am, what I got, and where I go to church, but it's another thing when you tell me who I am, what I got, and you follow me to church. See, one of the best things to do is not just learn to witness, but become a witness. Because he said, when I'm lifted up, I will draw. So the older that I get, the more I say, God, teach me to do things smarter, not harder, and how, because your yoke is easy, your burden is light. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Who is joined with God is one spirit. It's in you that I live and move and have my being. God just wants to show off in front of you that he is good to whosoever will. But he does not want your opinion. If he did, he would have created a man earlier than the sixth day. No, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, if you read it, that's what I got. Amen. And he probably would have created a woman, you know, I mean, if it was earlier. I I say that with all due respect. So when we're talking about the heart, he said, keep your heart, keep your heart with all diligence. So when I was studying this, I found out there's a big difference between, and Reverend Karen and different ones, they all did such, so good. There's a difference between head faith and heart faith. There's a difference about, you know, people say, well, I got born again. Well, I tell people this. I said, when you say born again, what do you mean? Well, I was baptized when I was 12. I said, well, let me ask you Romans 10, 9, and 10. 10, did you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth? The Bible says, I believe, therefore I speak. Amen? And they go, well, I never knew I was supposed to believe in my heart. So another one is giving. The Bible says, give as you purpose in your heart. One of the biggest things I've come across lately besides this sermon this morning was how to truly forget, uh, repent. I had no clue how God got into it. I realized there's a difference between head repentance and heart repentance. When you repent, it's totally different. It's basically coming in alignment with what God says, and you make a turn in your thinking, believing, and speaking, and you choose to not to go a certain direction, because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, speaks, and life and death is in the power of the what? Tongue. So, it all circles back around. So, what I want to talk about this morning, and I'll try to get the meat of this, it, and, I, and I touched on this. I actually uh, asked Reverend Michelle when I was uh, talking about a week ago or so. I said, I don't know why, but I thought I ministered at uh, Pastor Ty and Luann's camp meeting, but I want to touch on this again because I think a lot of you have not heard this, but I cannot get away from it So I just learned not to argue with God. Just go with him and then let him show up. And if you do exactly what he says, he makes you look smart. Amen? (laughs) So I want to talk to you this morning about how to forgive from the heart. A lot of people know how to forgive from their head. They go put it out of sight, out of mind. They put it back in their head. They go on. They don't do this. But we're going to hit some stuff. I don't know about you, but people, when they have shoulder surgery like I did years ago, no, I'm fine. I don't have to go to physical therapy. Oh, my God in heaven guy put the string around my arm, I mean a strap, and I said, what's that? He says, just hold it right there. And he said, here, grab this. He said, when I tell you now, pull down. Well, I know why he made me do it, because I would have busted him in the head, amen? (laughs) So when I pulled down, it went up, and I went, ah, my God. He said, but but before I went in, he said, raise your arm. I said, he said, that's as far as it's going to go the rest of your life, unless you do what I tell you. See, a lot of us are only going to go so far in our life, unless we do what God tells us. Some of you got some scar tissue you need to break up, and when you do, I'm gonna tell you the freedom will come, the liberty, you'll be able to stand out, and it, the breeze won't even blow but you can feel the fresh air on your face, because it's from the inside out. You're not making it happen, and now you're not denying the power thereof. So let's get into this. I'll preach fast if you listen fast. Amen. So go over to go over to Romans chapter 12 verse 3 real quick. Romans chapter 12 verse 3, because I have a little bit of ground to cover this morning. Romans 12, we know verse 1 and 2, it says, I, b- I beseech you. In other words, I beg you by the mercies of God to present your bodies. How many came this morning without your bodies? <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll get a hand. Uh, verse 2, and be not conformed to this world or the conformity of this world. Well, everybody else is doing it. Well, what about them? They don't forgive nobody. I w- You're not running their race. Uh, amen. amen? You can't justify their life, justify your life by their life. Not conform to this world, but be transformed or changed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Verse 3, for I say through the grace given to me that every man among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought. Now, one thing I notice about this is this. It didn't say don't think no more lowly of yourself. One of the biggest things about forgiveness is this. The devil really doesn't need a lot of help. He just passes it on to you and you hold the guilt, the shame, the condemnation, everything else. And all shame is, is an event the devil attaches to your identity. You can live a good life for 60 years, but when you was 15, you did something really dumb and stupid, and it cost you, but you can't get over it because it's a hook in your chest, and it's shame. But notice notice Jesus on the cross. He was bare naked, standing in front of his mother, and he said, I will bear the shame for you. So he died to something that you don't have to live with. Amen? So let's get the root so we can get the fruit this morning. So here's verse 3. For I say through the grace, and it goes... Not to think, but think soberly, according as God, to dealt to every man the measure of what? The measure of what? Does anybody have anything in the margin or at the bottom that says a little asterisk, that says something else besides the measure of faith? I, I don't see it. So that tells me that if I have unforgiveness, bitterness, hurt, any of that, that's a measure that God has not given me, and I need to get it out of me. There's only certain measures. See, he's given you love that's been shed abroad in your heart through the Holy Ghost who was given to you, Romans 5, 5. But he's also given you the measure of faith. And there are certain things you can add to your faith. There are certain things you can do with your faith. You can add, be strong in faith, weak in faith. Faith is like a muscle. It either grows or goes. It has no status quo. Amen? Amen. I got a nephew that won like these cage fighting belts. Man, he's just muscles <laughs> I mean, he's got muscles in his earlobes. You know what I did? I to him one day I said, it will pass. It will pass. Amen? So what I'm trying to say is God is wanting us to learn to feed, exercise, and develop what we already got. So quit trying to get what you already got and stop trying to become somebody you already are. Get your heart and keep it with all diligence and set boundaries in your life and say, I'm not going to let anything in the soil of my heart to come up to where it will become hardened, to where I cannot receive the word and be in a crowd and feel alone all the time. Amen. Why is it I'm crying, but I'm not crying like I used to when I first got saved? Because you're wondering what is wrong with you. And the devil says, well, you're different. You're always going to be this way. Just like the, uh, it was on the screen last night. It was so good. Just different things. The sun will come up tomorrow, but you've got to realize that you've got to do something from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same amen so god has not given us the measure of unforgiveness bitterness all that now go over here to mark chapter 11 before we get in the, into the meat of this and then i want to try to get on some other stuff here miss LuAnn, these are really good notes now we uh we, we went to brother hagan i sat on his front row used to give him water I got Norval's water, I got Brother Hagin's water, and then I got other people's Frappuccino mochas. Amen? <laughs> things change, but I still did in the name of the Lord. Verse 22. <laughs> this is so easy to preach here. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, Whoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall what? Have them. I don't know about you, but for many years I would just stop there and just go, praise the Lord, bless God in Jesus' name. But about five years ago, I was doing, going through a situation, and the Lord began to deal with my heart. He said, if you really want to be set free, then it all starts in the heart. He said, because who I set free is free indeed. But you got to know the truth and to continue therein until, did you hear that? The truth sets you free. You don't set yourself free through the truth. The truth is what sets you free. My Uncle Howard had an old uh, pickup. It was not a very big one like ones today, but it was made of solid metal, and it had the shifter in the column, had the flip mirrors on the side, had the side steps, had the chain when it came down, or you could go all the way down. Well, his youngest son, which was about four years older than me, and my cousin Mark, which was about a year older than me, he, we were playing softball, and we couldn't get back to the house. It was four, uh, four miles away, and we were sitting there, and he said, hey, push it, and we'll jump it. And we were sitting there pushing, and I would fall down. I still remember, i fall down. He said, keep pushing. I said, it's not moving. How many knows if you're leaning against something, it might not be moving, but there's a force there. You're putting a demand. We've got to put demand upon the Word through faith amen so when we do that what happens is we kept on all of a sudden it budged so we kept pushing it pushing it pushing it pushing it and I, I could still hear him go get back step back why because if you would have been up right next to that bumper or that tailgate when he popped that clutch it could go back and hit you in the mouth so we would back off and he boom one, 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 one. he's a hurry jump in jump in In a time of study and prayer, I was thinking about that. I don't know why it came up, but the Holy Ghost is a genius. And I was sitting there in John 8, and he says, when you get the truth and know it, faith begins where the will of God is known. But after that, when you've got to go to a certain place, he said, you've got to know the truth and continue in it until the Holy Spirit says, step back for a minute. And all of a sudden, the truth, your job is to know the truth and continue it. But he, watch this, and then the truth will say, jump in. The truth is what's going to take you and set you free. So, what I was barely able to push at the beginning with no, um, no, no movement is now taking me down the road going 35 miles an hour. And I am joined the ride. Amen? So, but let me say this before we go on. How many of you all know, um, now, I, I grew up, I mean, we're all about the same age, I think, but we, I grew up where, you know, my dad watched the Rifleman and Gunsmoke and just all these high chaparral. I'd rather, Bonanza, home, oh my God. <laughs> you know, I was telling some young group the other day something, and they're all just staring at me like Googling it. <laughs> but I just, you know. But Saturday mornings was the only time my mom and dad, Monday through Friday, would threaten me to get up. Hey, you're going to miss your right Hey, don't make me come back in there again. Monday through Friday almost. But a miraculous event would happen every Saturday morning. I would get up almost before anybody, be wide awake, sitting in my pajamas, three feet away, watching Scooby-Doo, H.R. Puff and stuff. My favorite was the monkeys. Don't sing the song, please. Because <laughs> it will be in my head the rest of the day. And all, all this, different things. But if you slept in and missed it, guess what? You had to wait another time. Now we got Cartoon Network, 300. But there was one show that I enjoyed probably most of all, but it's helped me the most in the last five years probably than any other show that I've ever watched. And I'm going to, y'all finish it. Conjunction, Junction, watch your. Now they had a caboose, they had an engine right in the middle, they had a cart that had the word A-N-T in it. I found this out. I can have four jars of peanut butter and three loaves of bread, but it will never become a peanut butter and jelly jelly sandwich. A lot of us are trying to walk in forgiveness and get set free, but we're not adding any jelly to the messages that God has given us. There's a lot. Listen, peanut butter is faith, but you got to sometimes add some jelly to it. I don't care if it's raspberry, blueberry. Sometimes we call it patience. Sometimes it's long-suffering look at verse 25 what's the next word and every time you see and conjunction junction why you have we've been trying to walk in love with a bunch of peanut butter but we've been calling it a peanut butter and jelly sandwich we've been denying the power thereof we're wondering what's wrong with the sandwich the problem is is you didn't do the and and when you stand praying in other words don't get two knives out. Use the same knife in the peanut butter jar. And when you're done, just give it to me. I'll scoop it into the jelly jar. And while you stand praying, forgive. When I seen that, I started going, oh, my Lord. If you have ought against any. Now, I don't know what oughts are, but I'll just come to a conclusion that you ought not have any aughts. Amen? And uh, that your Father which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Now, I noticed this. I wrote this down so I wouldn't forget it. Forgiveness is unbelief. So, because why? God's a fair judge. Forgiving someone is not saying what they did was right to you, but it's setting you free. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. All forgiveness starts with devaluing a person regardless of what they may have done to you remember proverbs 4 guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life if you don't get the root right you don't get the fruit right brother hagan said this in the love the way to victory he said quote i know from experience of more than 50 years of ministry and talking with many thousands of people through the years on a one-on-one basis that unforgiveness is the main reason why people's faith doesn't work and unforgiveness is the main reason why people fail to receive their healing." That's Brother Hagin. I found out God is so merciful to us that He just he, he does not just forgive us. See, mercy and goodness follows you all the days of your life. Goodness forgives you of what you don't deserve, but mercy always forgives you what you do deserve. And he always adds mercy with when you ask him to forgive you. Watch what he does. He heals you. Psalms 103. I'll give you one chap uh, verse. One, one through three, verse three says, Who forgiveth all thy iniquities and who healeth all thy diseases. He said, Listen. I'm just going to throw sprinkles on the donut, and you don't have to pay extra for it. But some people today, when I run into them, they say, well, I'm, I'm fine. I've forgiven that person, all this. I say, well, let me ask you this question. During the COVID, I was sitting there. I was working out in the house and different things, and I was sitting there, and I, had, I ran across a lady's article, Brenda Rogers, R-O-D-G-E-R-E-S, and she just asked seven questions. And when I read them, I just put the weights down, and I literally said, God, I, I don't think I know what forgiveness is. And that's when I got into Mark. But here's the seven questions real quick. Can you put them up? One is you have an imaginary conversation in your mind with someone. Number two, you feel the need to slander someone to other people. Three, you replay a conversation or experience over and over in your mind. Four, you're happy when someone else fails. Five, you feel anger any time you hear a a particular person's name. Six, you don't behave naturally around a person. And number seven, you complain often. I keep this right here, and I have, I have a pad sometimes. I write people's names down. So I go through that list so I can keep my heart and guard it. Because the Bible says in the Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15, take up the little foxes that are ready to spoil the vineyard of our love. Because faith worketh by love, folks, Galatians 5, 6. But if I'm not guarding that, because why? He always comes when he sees you about ready to bear fruit. What is a fruit? It's a visible expression of power. When you die, your fruit remains. There's seeds in that fruit that you have even when you're gone. But see, we try to analyze it out. But see, God knows that we can count the seeds in an apple, but only God can count the apple in the seeds. So we got to get to the place where he says, I'm not going to let you bear fruit. So when I see blossoms come in your life, I'm going to come and try to spoil the vineyard. That means to wind tightly like a rope. If he can't get you out of church, he'll neutralize you in church, give you a form of godliness, and you'll be on a merry-go-round the rest of your life, and you're wondering what happened. He's divine. You're the branch. He will wind you. You ever had a garden hose in Texas and you climp it up or it collapses? The water's on, but nothing's coming out. You feel dry. You feel burned out. You don't know what's going on. Amen? So, Hebrews 12, 15 says, Look after each other that not one of you will fail to find God's best blessing. Watch out that no bitterness take root among you. Watch this now. For as it springs up, it causes deep trouble, hurting many in their spiritual lives. Now, um, about a year ago or so, my son Evan is 16. Uh, he, I, I just taught him about clothes. I mean, he knew a little bit, but I just wanted to verify, trust and verify um, I said, listen, Evan, white clothes, hot water, good. Always remember that. Hot water, white clothes, good. Hot water, white clothes, good. said, if you put one, he loves these Russell Athletic sweatpants and sweatshirts, and now they got sweatshirt, I mean, pants that they, they cut off you can buy now, and they're, like, more expensive than the ones that go all the way down. So I was trying to evaluate whether buy a good pair of scissors, save that money, and just cut it myself. Got to think ahead, you know. I said, son, if you put a red sweatshirt in hot water with white clothes, I'm going to just tell you this right now, and I'm not going to go out and buy you a whole new wardrobe, but you will be the only male uh, member of the high school Mary Kay Club. (laughs) I said, your socks, t-shirts, underwear, everything will be pink. But you know what? That's what a lot of people do is they don't want to change, so they become the red sweatshirt in hot water with white clothes. And everybody they come in contact with, they influence them in a negative way, although they don't even realize it because they're not changing. They're changing everybody around them. See, a lot of people smoke, and they go into a room. They say, well, why well, I, I don't smell any smoke. No, because it, you already have it in you. You are the smoker. So when you're smoking, you're, you're causing everybody else. Now you become the opposite effect of being a positive witness. You come, people say, well, you mean I'm going to hell because I smoke? No, I'm not your judge. I mean, you might go because of your life span, or you might do something. I mean, it's, you just got to weight the balances. I can't run your race. I can't tell you what to do. Amen? Come on. I mean, if you like to wear long sleeves, then wear long sleeves. If you want to wear short? It doesn't bother me. I mean, people come up to me sometimes and say, well, you're putting on weight. I say, well, you're ugly, but I can lose weight. Amen? <laughs> I don't argue with people. I just don't argue with people. I said, "Well, I don't believe in healing." I said, "Fine, stay sick. I'm not going to argue with you. This is not debatable." Whoever hears my sayings and do them, I will show you what you're like. Luke 17. <laughs> Thank you for coming. No. While you're turning, Luke 17. Look, Ephesians 4:16 says, "According to the proper working of each individual part." causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. You're responsible, not just for you, but how you affect other people. Don't be the red sweatshirt in hot water with white clothes. Luke 17, look at verses 1 through 6, and I'm going to have to skip over a little bit of this because um, I want to get to the last part. Jesus said unto these disciples, It is impossible that offenses will come, but well unto through who they come. In other words, don't be the red sweatshirt in hot water with white clothes. Don't be part of the. Well, I'm not doing any of that. Yeah, but but what's the what's a what's the felony charge? It's called. Um, but you're aiding and abetting. Verse two. It were better better for a millstone to hang around his neck, cast into the sea, that he should defend one of these little ones. Notice we've just been reading these phrases, cast into the sea, cast into the sea, cast into the sea, whoever shall say unto this mountain, all these different things. Why is that? What does that represent? When you you hear cast into the sea, it means something that is growing and taking root in your life. You need to put it out of your life in an area where it will not re-root and come back again back into your life. When you get it out, it will never re-root again. It's out of your life. It will stay out of your life. But there's times the devil will come back in when you think you forgot. I've erased a lot of people's names off of my list. And the next week, turn around and write them back because I'm keeping my heart with all diligence. Now look at verse 3. Take heed to yourself. If I can tell you anything besides God loves you this week, take heed to yourself. Take heed to yourself. Take heed to yourself. Heed to yourself. It's better to trespass against thee, rebuke him, repent, and forgive him. And if, the, if he trespassed against you seven times in the day and seven times a day, turn again and say, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. It's not up to you to judge whether they repent or not. Man looks on the outer appearance, but God ponders the heart. You're supposed to be a fruit inspector, not a fruit picker. Verse 5, and the apostle said, increase our faith. Now, I think it's really interesting here because Jesus turned around and said, it, 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 look how he addressed him. Well, if you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamore tree, Be thou plucked up, and be rooted, and thou shalt be planted in the sea, and it should obey you. What he was saying here, and I wrote it down so I could put it, get, keep it in the context, he was, he was saying this, you are using your lack of faith as an excuse not to forgive somebody. Forgiveness is a decision from the heart. And come on. And forgiveness has a voice. He says, so don't use your lack of, forgiveness, uh, lack of faith as, a, of, of, as an excuse. So Jesus here, I, I don't want to go through the different things about the sycamine tree. I, I'll just say this about it. It had the deepest root system. How many knows bitterness has one of the deepest root systems? How many knows the sycamine tree at that time drew in an air and dry condition? Well, you, you can be in the middle of a crowd during praise and worship and feel empty and dry. It was built in caskets. Well, bitterness and unforgiveness will take you to your grave. Sycamine tree was not naturally pollinated, it was, stung, it was by the, uh, the sting, pollinated by the wall sting. Well, how many knows when you get in unforgiveness, the devil stung you? He will pollinate you, amen? So let me give you a couple reasons here, and we'll go right, uh, try to skip right down to where Jesus, um, what time am I supposed to get done? I forgot. Oh, Ken? Okay. Praise the Lord. i reclaim my time. now. uh. <laughs> Let me just say this. Matthew 6 verse 12 through 15. Anybody know the Lord's Prayer? The only thing mentioned twice was what? Forgiveness. Now when you get into here uh, notice this. You've got to say if you're going to get forgiveness from your head to your heart in Ephesians 4 it talks about if you've got a chance anytime, just read Ephesians 4 in the Amplified Classic. Just go down through the whole thing because there's different places. One he says you've got to put off in order to put on the new nature. you got to strip yourself of something to put on something. Come on, you can't wear two types of garments at one time. You can't be double-minded. Compromise is basically accepting what you don't believe because you refuse to fight for what you do believe. Amen? He said, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Well, one part of that is, do not give the devil an opportunity to lead you into sin by holding a grudge, nurturing anger, or harboring resentment, or even cultivating bitterness. How do you get forgiveness from the head to heart? Is when you pray and you bless somebody. And one of the best ways I know to do that is when you get there and you begin to pray. This is, I wrote this down. This is what I usually say a lot of times. I say it until I know it's out of my heart. I make a decision and I say this to any unforgiveness or sick of mine tree that's trying to take root in my heart. I say this, Father, I thank you that the word of God is voice activated. Therefore, I'm going to speak out your word. I release them of this offense. Little fox, wrong, is now suffered and dis- dismissed and has been forever sent out and cast into the sea. Father, when I do this, you have I have given up the right to bring that offense. Little fox suffered wrong from my past and rehearse it and give it an audience. So therefore, I today, I choose not to let the devil live rent-free in my mind. I forfeited that right when I gave up, uh, forgave that person. Just like when the woman with the issue of blood was forgiven, the only one qualified to throw a stone that day didn't. So therefore, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to walk like Jesus. And then I go in and forgive him myself. That's the hardest person I have to do is forgive myself. Psalms 103, 12. As far as the east is from the west, he cast away our sins. So what I do is I get into in him scriptures. I start finding out what he says, not what I feel, what I think, my emotions. It was so good last night because you can't let your emotions be in there. It doesn't matter what you feel or whatever. Let peace be your umpower. Love is the royal law. You got to get in there and you got to give yourself a pep talk. Man, there's been many times that people in the house would say, Who are you talking to? I said, I'm not talking to you right now. (laughs) I'm looking right in the mirror saying, Todd, look at me. Quit looking at your eyebrow. You've had them all your life. Look at me. I do. I call myself out. And I've done this many times. Now I think I'm getting really close to getting broke from. But I walk in and say, Todd. You little piece of meat out here getting you on little more time. Like, yeah, yeah. like that. If you get this tightened out right here, your life will be a whole lot better than it was. But you know what? You think it's to sound funny right now, looking in the mail, holding your tongue, but how much funny does it look and sound when you say, God, I don't know if I can do that. I mean, that really, really hurt me. Right when I'm about ready to say something, I go, I am not going back to the bathroom. I'm serious. It'll break you. Come on. Thank you. It's in your notes. <laughs> Look at John chapter 15 real quick. John 15. Are you all getting anything out of this today? Okay. Praise the Lord. I don't know about you, but I'm having fun. It's like showing up at a fishing retreat and nobody shows up and all the rods are still on the boat. And they're all biting, and I don't know which one to roll in first. John 15, verse 13 through 17, I'm going to show you some things I've never seen about Jesus before, but it's powerful. He said, greater love is no man than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for a servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I've called you friends, for all things I've heard of my Father I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go forth and bring forth. Visible expressions of power. And that your visible expressions of power should remain that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you that you love one another. You know, the Lord spoke to me one day. I was going through a hard time, and I just said, Lord, he said, son, he didn't say son, he just said this. He said, if you can't love them on earth, how do you expect to love them here? And I said, but you don't know what. This was when I was a teenager. I said, Lord, you don't know what they did to me. He waited until I got done, and I heard this. He said, apparently you don't know what they did to me. Amen? So let's go down here. Um, let me wrap this thing up. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's just such a blessing to minister the Word of God. Because every time I hear it, it's life. It's not stale bread or anything. Amen? So if you want to force forgiveness from the head to the heart, you need to learn to bless people and pray for them from your heart. Forgiveness is not an emotion. It's a choice, and it is voice-activated. Sometimes it'll take two or three months to call that person's name out. But always remember that God so loved the world. He loves them as much as he loves you. This is a six-day span, John 12, 13. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Six days later, Luke 23, 21, crucify him, crucify him. Thirteen, twenty-one says, one of you will betray me. On the cross, Romans, uh, John 19, the Roman soldiers gambled over his garment. Everything Jesus owned, all his possessions were gambled in front of him because he was hanging on a cross. Matthew 27 mentions three types of people, the thief that reviled him. I looked it up. That word revile means to speak abusively or insult someone or speak words that are cruel and vile. In other words, he was verbally being abused on the cross with the guy next to him. The second thing mentioned in Matthew 27, the religious leaders were mocking him. Number three, the crowd blasphemed him. Jesus could have reacted and called 12 legions of angels in Matthew 26, 53, but he didn't react. He responded and fulfilled Isaiah 53:12 instead. And he bore the sins of many. And paid the intercession for the transgressions. I looked up the phrase. This is what. This is this is what really hit me, and it's still. One day, I, I the reason I get so emotional is the Lord showed me. I was picturing a crowd around him, and he was saying it to the crowd. But then the Lord, by His Spirit, showed me. He said it was your sin that put him on the cross too. And that hit me so hard that even before I was born and born again. He chose to die for my sins. Luke 23, 34 said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Three, three different explanations or interpretations of this. One is this. Father, for release them. Father, do not hold this against them. But here's the one that really got me. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. It's actually meaning as in releasing a prisoner or setting one free, someone free of an act they carried out. A decision to not hold something against someone, but to liberate a person from the consequences of his or her actions. If you got your Bible, turn to Matthew 18. and We're going to close with this. I want to tell you a story real quick. Um, there was a gentleman that I was listening to one time a couple, three years ago. And he took over a church at 20-some years old. And there was a deacon on the board that said, I will, publicly and privately humiliate him. And he said, I literally hated this man. He said, I'm just going to be honest with you. If he died, I would have I had a party. He said, I had that much unforgiveness against him, bitterness. He would embarrass me in front of the congregation, just pretend like he falls fall asleep, do whatever. Board meetings, he would say, you'll be out of here in a year, and I'll make sure of it.'" He said, Now, he's just re- re- retired about three years ago or two years ago at 66 years old, 67. He said, but I was sitting there, and the Lord would come to me and say, I need you to pray for him. He said, I ain't praying for him. Now you're going to be on his side. I'll have both him and you against me. <laughs> and the Lord said, pray for him. He said, no. Every day, pray for him. No. Pray for him. No. Next week, pray for him. Nope, No. Nope. I don't know if this went on weeks or months, but he said every day, every week, he heard the same thing. Pray for him. He finally said, okay, Lord, I'll do this. I'll pray for him, but I'll have my fingers crossed, and I'm not going to mean it. He said, pray for him. He said, I prayed for him earnestly like I prayed for myself. I prayed for his wife like I prayed for my wife. I prayed for his kids like I prayed for my kids every morning, and I did it. And I got to the place where I did it so earnestly. I was doing it as if they were part of my family. He said, the seventh day, I had an open vision. I seen a young 12-year-old boy in the middle of a field. He didn't see me, but I seen his face. I was standing there looking at him. I said, who is that? He said, that's the man you're praying for. You know what he did to you, but I know what was done to him, and I need you to pray for him. He said, all the forgiveness of um, he said it, it left. He said, that guy now, I, I just never had a problem with him from then on. When he said that, I, I went to Matthew 18, and I want to show you this real quick. I, I apologize. i got three minutes left. Let me see if I can do this. I'm reclaiming my time. I used to watch C-SPAN a lot when I was younger. Now I don't watch it. Yeah, I know. Uh. I just call Pastor Tom and say, well, what's the Lord's been telling you? Because I don't want to watch all this. Verse 21, and Peter came up to him and said, Lord, how many times may my brother sin against me and I forgive him and let him go? As many up to seven times? Why do you say that? Probably because he dealt with it before in Luke 17. I love what Jesus does. I tell you, not up to seven times, it's 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a human king who wished to settle account with the attendants. When he began to account, one was brought to him, owed him about 10,000 talents. It says about $10 million, which now I figure out my, my edition of my Bible is a lot older, but it's probably way, way higher than $10 million. But let's stick with this. Now watch this. And because he could not pay, well, my, my question was this. How did a servant of a king get a credit line of a $10 million? All right, let's go on. And because he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold, his wife and children, everything he possessed, and payment to be made, so the tenant fell down on his I laugh every time I read this verse. On his, have patience with me, and I'll pay you everything. I want to write in my Bible, but I won't do it. Liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> and his master's heart. What was his master's what? Heart. Watch this now. Was moved with compassion, and he released and forgave him, canceling the debt. What debt did he forgive him of? Ten million dollars. All right. King's word is law. It's off the books. Don't even bring it back up again. Okay, look, let's look at that. But the same attendant who went out found one of his fellow attendants that owed him about three happy meals. Amen? <laughs> no. Owed him about $20. And he caught him by the throat and said, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow attendants saw what the red sweatshirt did in the hot water with white clothes. Did you see it? So his fellow attendants, watch this now. He said he fell down, begged, I'll pay you all. But he was unwilling went out and put him into prison until he should pay the debt. What debt? $20. When his fellow attendants saw what happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and told everything that had taken place to their master. And the master called him and said, You contemptible wick of wicked servant, I forgave and canceled all that great debt of yours because you begged me. What debt is he talking about? $10 million. And should you have not pity and mercy on your fellow attendant, as I had pity and mercy on you, in his wrath his master turned him over to the torturers or the jailers till he should pay all that he... Now, notice it doesn't say debt. It says all he owed. He does not owe the $10 million. What does he owe? Next verse. So So also my heavenly Father will deal with every one of you if you do not freely forgive your brother from your heart his offenses. The world's got it backwards I hurt you, but you must forgive me. No, I mean, here, here it is. Everybody is a victim today. Listen, their offenses you must forgive. You can't control them, but you can control you. Right. He did not owe $10 million. He owed a debt that he was in a prison cell. People say, well, I'm not in prison. Well, I know there's people that have their disease. Their bodies are racked with sickness. Their minds are tormented. And the only key that fits their prison cell Is their tongue. And until you bless them and forgive them and realize this. Here's my point, and I'm closing, 10 one Whatever anybody does to you, and I'm going to tell you something. I don't want to get into it, but I've read some stories that were horrific. One young boy that was in a barrel, big barrel. He lived in there. They tortured him. He lived there for a few years. I think they would let him out every once in a while, put him back in the barrel. But he grew up deformed because he couldn't stand up. He got married, had kids and everything because he got set free, got liberated. He's in a wheelchair, but he says, I honestly forgive him. I forgive him. And when I started looking at that and then I started finding out the people who have been, you know, just you could whatever it is, sexually, physically. I mean, some people have been sold into sex slavery. I mean, I could go on and on and on. My point is this. Whatever anybody has experienced upon earth that somebody else has done to them is going to be the equivalent of about $20 compared to the $10 million debt you were forgiven of on the cross. He paid the debt he did not owe. He died to something that you didn't have to live with. And he went somewhere you don't have to go. All he's saying is this. If I have blessed you when you were yet sinners and I All I'm asking you to do is live for me. And when you do, and you learn that you're blessed because of my grace, then you're going to be gracious to others and bless them so you can have days of heaven upon earth. Always remember this. Kindness is loaning someone your strength without reminding them of their weakness.
0: Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app,